Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to another episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Davidson. How are you, mate? G'day, Matty. I'm doing very well. Uh, Big Ben is back. He's 1-0. He's back. Like, what a, what a brilliant performance we have for our Steelers. That's it, mate. That's it. It's, it's, a, it's a great thing to be a Steelers fan this week. And I know Steelers, Steeler Nation is absolutely rocking going into week two. Um, how'd you go on your predictions as of last week with what you thought would be the score between the Giants and the, and the Steelers? I think I was pretty close, to be honest. I was 30-something, wasn't I? Uh, 34 to 10. No, sorry, 31 to 10. Uh, uh, kind of close. I think actually you were closer than me. I think you might have been 28 to 17. Yeah, I was. I was. So yeah. I was hoping they'd need, at one point, I was like, oh, they're going to need a, an eight-point eight point touchdown, so go for two. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I was pretty close there, but we'll see how we go this week. We'll see how we go yeah. this week. Um, awesome. Well, it's been a massive week for Steeler Nation. Um, and look, once again, we are so happy to be joining you, all those listeners out there, no matter what you're doing on your Saturday morning, whether you're driving home from work, driving to work, watch, cooking breakfast with the kids, um, you know, doing chores around the house, whatever it might be. Um, we're just so excited to be with you. It's been a fantastic, you know, few weeks since we, since we first went to air. If this is the first time you're listening to Steelers Touchdown Under, you're sitting there going, who are these guys? They sound these so blokes? different. That's it. <laughs> who are these two blokes? Look, Mark Davison and, and I are Australians. We've been massive Steelers fans for a long time. Obviously live down under at the moment. Um, we've both been, to, both been to Steelers games over in Pittsburgh. Um, but thank you for listening and ho- we really hope you enjoy the show. So, Mark, big, big first week. Big, big first week of the season. What stood out for you across the whole NFL of the first week? What, what's, your, what, what's your big takeaway? Um, firstly, probably would say the weirdness of no fans, but it's just great to have football back. Um, you know, we talked about Mahomes doing doing what he's doing. Uh, even the game that I saw today with the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, the Browns, two young bucks doing what they what they need to do. Uh, Mayfield, he needs to get things in gear, and he won today to to hold his seat. Joe Burrows is trying to find his his niche for the NFL. Um, but for our Steelers, you know, we had uh, we want to know Big Ben. He's back. Like I just watched that Steelers part four um, when Big Ben returned. I actually watched it three times. Uh, you know, he's coming into his end of his career. He's got two years left. We want to see him hoist up Lombardi for his teammates. But you know, he started off strong. Oh, sorry, excuse me. He started rusty. Those first two drives, our hearts were on our. You know, almost broken when he's throwing out screens to Connor and Connor had his eyes closed. And then he slowly progressed into something, you know, beautiful. Um, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, look, it was... It, they off it, As you said, there was a bit of a slow start there and they took a little while to get rolling. But I don't think we should all be... We should be at all surprised at that. I mean, no preseason. It's a bit of a different change up in some of the players in the team as well. 
obviously a bit of a flow there with Ben. Um, better change up on the offensive line with, you know, David DeCastro was out, Wisniewski comes in. Um, you know, obviously we, you know, Matt File has moved in from from the tackle position at right tackle into into guard, you know, taking Ramon Foster's spot. So I think we probably expected to start a little bit, a little bit slow there. Um, the cynic in me goes, well, <laughs> it wouldn't be the Steelers the last few years if James Connor didn't leave, yeah. you know, a little bit into the game. Um but look, he lasted long. He lasted longer than you know the first well, half. So, I've got a, I've got a theory about that, and I think Tom might have done it in years past. I think he he may have hurt himself, but because Snell was running the ball so well, why would you put him back in the lineup? Like, do you, what do you think about that? And in terms of for this week or in in last week's game? Uh during during last week's game, so Snell was running the ball so well. Connolly got an injury on his ankle. But then why would you put, if Connor was, you know, being sluggish uh, at the start, why, why wouldn't you just keep, you have to keep feeding, you know, Vanny Snell, you have to. Hunt, look, totally. And I think when you look at the, the way, they, way it was working, they, you know, pretty much had the lead for the majority of the game. So it makes a lot more sense to go your downhill, downhill runner. Now, I look at it because, you know, you saw late, um, I, was, I think it was a, a couple of, couple of, maybe a drive or two before Connor got injured. But he did take a pass out of the out of the backfield, and but not quite out of the backfield. But he ran throughout the backfield and just past the defensive line yeah. of the Giants. And I sort and that's the thing for me. Um, and when we I listened to the preview show today, um, you know, ahead of this week's game, it was something I said in the live chat is that you know there was a comment um, by one of the big BTSC listeners around. You obviously by now know the difference in, in terms of what Connor offers you versus other players. By now, we've seen a certain standard from Connor. But there's a difference in Connor and Snell, and I think that's around Connor, the way that he can catch the football versus Snell, you're going to hand it off to him. They're a very yeah. different type of running back. Um, so, as I said, when you go back to where the Steelers were at by the point that Connor started to, he wasn't doing a lot. Um, I was surprised they didn't pull him a little bit earlier and then try to, you know, play the two. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that this week. And I think Dave Schofield mentioned that in the in the preview today. But when you look at when they they eased off Connor and brought in Snell and then Connor obviously, you know, had to be taken out of the game and he hadn't got that many yards, it made a lot of sense that you just keep throwing it to Snell. But the thing for me that was disappointing is that with Anthony McFarland as well, Anthony McFarland Jr., Tomlin got his numbers wrong. So when he wasn't on the on the sheet to play yeah. that for play the game, I was sitting there going, I hope he's not nursing an injury that we don't know about. And now to find out, you know, you find out post game that Tomlin, you know, the Steelers didn't get the right numbers in their terms who they could have addressed. You think like the back end of that game when the holes were starting to open up that were opening up and Juju's at this point scored two touchdowns and Washington scored that good one. And now that the, the secondary of the Giants is sort of sitting there wanting to just stop the pass. I'm like, that would have been the perfect time to get McFarland out. Yeah. Imagine if, uh, if we lost that game, still a nation would have been in uproar, you know, uh, not using one player and we've lost the game. And, you know, it's, that, maybe that's on purpose. Who knows? We know that we know Dave, the Oracle uh, did a quite a rant and, you know, the live chat went crazy when he was talking about that. Uh, but I think we played, you know, good overall. Big Ben came back strong. Uh, we used Snell. I just the thing I like about Snell, Matt, is that he, or at this time, he always falls forward. 
he yeah. just wants to he wants to run the ball and then as as a big runner you you want to have contact like we love seeing that in our in our league you know we're both manly fans down here but you want to see the guy run up the guts and just fall forward and get that extra four yards because you know a second and eight turns into a second and two or something like that so that's well, awesome to see well and, and you're right there mark and i think the two points coming out of that game when you look at some of the stats are around you know he averaged 5.9 yards you know a run massive yeah. right he also so he had 19 carries for 113 yards his long of the day his long run of the day was 30 yards that's a decent chunk play. And as soon as you get that chunk play as well, you start sec- that, that defense starts going, hey, we can't be gouged again for one of these. Um, so for me, that was quite interesting. But I, I want to feed off this little point that you've brought up about the rushing, actually. And look, we should probably um, also tell listeners what the title of... <laughs> we've got straight into <laughs> things. So, Mark, what's the title of today's show? Uh, uh, it's, the title is exactly how the Steelers played. Um, slow start, but... She'll be right. She'll be right. You know? She'll be right, mate. That's one She'll of be. our one of our top sayings down under, dude. I, I say that all the time. You you know, you fall over and gra- graze your knee, and she'll be right, mate. Pick it up. She'll be right. She'll be right, and the Steelers will pick it up. But yeah, moving back to this point that we had that you were talking around there on rushing. Two interesting things for me about rushing. One, that that long long rush that Ben did toward the end of the game where he just saw that spot open. He went straight, absolutely straight down the middle. I thought, you know, and there was a lot of feet. There was a lot of uh, discussion after the game. And there was a question to Ben actually in the post-game press conference of when, at what point did you feel like you were back or did you make a particular throw and think you were back? For me, I knew he was back when he made that run because he wouldn't have made that run if he wasn't confident in his body. Yeah, true. Right, he would have he would have taken. He's big enough to take a sack, right? And uh, the first hit that he late hit that he took, where he threw it downfield to Juju, I think it went for about twenty yards in the um. Oh well, it couldn't have because Juju's long for the day was seventeen, but it went for ten past yards, and they got a first down in the. I think it was in the, the end of the first or early second quarter. But as when he took that hit, I thought, oh, I think he's getting back. But when he did that run, particularly, I was like, you know, that's yep. really special. And the other part, which um, I know Jeffrey Benedict really enjoyed it um, about the end of the game, was where you saw Chase Claypool it was very Matt Canada off that sweep run through it toward the end there and get that. Now, after that, they pretty much kneeled, ran out the game. But I was sitting there going, nah, swap the switch, <laughs> swap the sweep around and run him the other way and see yeah. how and see how he goes. It just shows us that we're a team, we're a team unit. You know, he could have went uh, ran into uh, the opposition player. And then maybe there could have been a forced fumble, but Claypool did his business. Went over the went over the sticks, laid down. Game over. There's no Game there's over. no need to no need to do anything else. You know he's not he's not um AB anymore. Like he just that's how he played the game. And we got to keep as a team. We got to keep doing that. It's it's all for one. You know we we want this seventh Lombardi. You know and the Steelers fan will go will go crazy when we when we do get it. That's it. And so. We talked a little bit about rushing there. We've talked a little about Ben being back. I mean, for me, the the highlight of Ben coming back as well, I thought he would throw for a couple of touchdowns. Obviously, he got the three. Um, but the other piece for me was that he was sacked twice. But the bigger thing, we didn't see that interception there. You know, we saw a very yeah. clean Ben. Yeah, well, at, at the start, you know, like uh, at the start, I was always really, really worried for those first two drives, you know, it was a lot of pressure. Um, the screen games came out, the short passes, but that might've been due with our offensive coordinator. 
Uh, but yeah, there was no interceptions. For me, uh, the turning point or the Big Ben moment and my favorite like offensive part of this of this um, game was the uh, the touchdown to, to Washington. When he zinged that in, and you even see on the tape, I watched it back three times. I even showed my father uh, how, how the play how the play ran. Uh, he, he got cut off. One of the, the corners got cut off. He slanted inside, um, slinged it, and then Washington just barreled him over. I think it was two or three players, you know, and as they all say, he was, he's, he's country strong. You know, that was the turning point for me saying Big Ben's back and it's, it's two, two touchdowns, no interceptions, play a clean game, and then he got his third near the end. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know... It was quite interesting because you look at some of the receiving receiving stats from the game and, you know, there are a lot of players there that caught the, the majority of the targets thrown to them. I mean, Juju, everyone's going to talk about the two touchdowns, but 69 yards on six receptions when you've got six targets, you know, you can't, you can't ask a lot more there, right? He did everything asked of him. You know, Deontay Johnson... Um, you know, six receptions from 10 targets, but again, you know, 57 yards, an average of nine and a half. Claypool, two targets with obviously that terrific catch, you know, yeah. you know, absolutely awesome. You know, went for went for 39 yards as a rookie. No one expected him to do a lot the first couple of games. I think he's come out and immediately, you know, now opposition defenses, if they weren't already, are going to have to think if we, what are we going to do? We're going to be guarding Juju. We're going to be guarding Washington. We we can't let Johnson run, well, you know, run. You're exactly them. right. They showed everyone a little bit of piece of everything. Claypool, uh, McDonald, short pass, Eric Ebron. Everyone had a bit of piece of the pie, and that's something in recent Steeler years that we haven't had for a long time. And how exciting is it going to be when we can? Well, I always say we, but when Big Ben can build upon this, and the offense can build upon this, and get the get the tires moving, you know, like there's so many pieces. Juju can. Staying in the slant, six out of six, like that's fantastic. He he could have had another three catches. I think DJ was a bit. Um, I don't know about what, what you think, but I think DJ's a bit nervous from that from that muff punt, and then it might have carried on. Well, yeah, and and you know the other thing is that when you look back at the highlight videos of um of this Ben documentary series, and I think it was this, I think it was episode four this week. You saw Ben, yeah, it was, and and you saw Ben in in his front courtyard throwing the ball, and he was throwing it to Switz, right? <laughs> the electronic football man. Is no, <laughs> um, but he's throwing the ball, and I think it was Ben's wife who asked him the question. But she's, but he was asked, that looked like an NFL throw, and he said, "My hands are telling me that's an NFL throw. That's the hardest yeah. pass I've caught, you know, in a long time, right?" I think if you honestly asked the wide receivers that were in that unit last year of the Steelers, they weren't catching hard balls like that from Rudolph or, or Devlin. Not, not from Duck. Definitely not Duck. No. So, so I think you're right there in that, yes, I think he was quite nervous and it's quite prime time and wanting to do well. And also he's had all this hype in the off season and you know, he did things like trade, train with AB and, and all these sorts of things, knowing that he's got a good quarterback back. But I also think he's probably getting used to a little bit of a difference in how, in how Ben works. And the other thing too is Ben hasn't had a full off, like he had the full off season this year, but they didn't have things like OTAs and minicamps and what have you. So he's not necessarily had that time to build that rapport with, um, with Deontay Johnson. So 
Uh, look, I think it'll only get better as it goes, uh, you know, as the season goes forward. And look, it, you know, if we're continuing to, as you say, spread the load with these guys, yeah. that that's only a good thing as we get deeper into the season. Matt, she'll be right, mate. She'll, she'll be, be right. right. But look, with that, we're going to take a take a break here on Steelers Radio. Steelers Radio, you're listening to Steelers Touchdown Under, the newest podcast in BTSC's family of podcasts. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Davison, and we're talking all things Steelers. We're talking, we've talked about the, the last week's game against the Giants. The Steelers go into week two, 1-0, really keen to get the 2-0. That's that next step on the journey to the seventh Lombardi. So look, heading into this week, Mark, Broncos... First home game of the season. No fans at home, though. Who's going to be that difference maker for the Steelers? Yeah, so I think it's very similar to to last week, uh, and we we got to put you know pressure on our quarterback. Like Drew Drew Locke's got to you know see what he can do. But I'm thinking like uh, TJ Watt and Bud Dupree. Like when they got in the backfield last week, and I think it was even with the defense combined, it was 11 tackles combined. And I can't remember the last time I've seen that with a Steelers defense. Like the ball was snapped and there was, there was three in the back foot ready to pounce. Barkley couldn't move anywhere. So I want to see, see how they address uh, TJ Watt. Do they put more people on his side to, you know, to rough him up and then let, let Bud, you know, swing around on the other side. Like it, does, it doesn't matter who they protect. And then we've got, you know, Cam and uh, do it to it in the middle. But I want to try and see what TJ Watt can do off the edge and introduce Drew Locke to our, gra- uh, our famous Hinesfield grass, you know? Who, who are your thoughts on your players? Like, what's, what's your standout? Yeah, so, uh, look, I might just touch on that point you've raised there. Again, as you said, like, 11 t- tackles for a loss is huge, um, you know? And, and the piece there that I thought was really, really good last week, and if you can back it up this week, week it'll go a long way to the Steelers winning, is around, on the defensive side, Tyson Aluwalu. I mean... He absolutely shot out last week. Now, yeah. you know, he had he had four tackles. He had two for a loss. He's tackled three of them with solos. I'm not going to go out there and suggest that he gets sacked or anything like it. But if Tyson Aluwalu, you know, can can really shut down their running game between, and I think Philip Lindsay might be out at the moment. I think he's tentatively yeah, think, out yeah. for this week. Um, Melvin Gordon is a lot better when he cannot have that gap open up. If you look at our front defensive line, what gap are you going to get when you've got Bud Dupree, Stefan Tuitt, Cameron Haywood, Tyson Alualu there, um, you know, TJ Watt. Even, I mean, last week I was very impressed by Denier and, and Highsmith. Highsmith got very close. Daniel Jones ran around him. Highsmith got very close to that first sack there. Um, so, but when I look at it, the, the, the one player that you're probably going to be less likely or less be worried about blocking and you're going to have to just see yeah. what he can do is Tyson Aluwalu. Well, they're going to block everyone else and he's going to come up the middle. Straight you know? <laughs> He played really well last week. When he got in the backfield and he was part of that 11 uh, combination of uh, tackles, 
like he was there and he's been a veteran. He's been, he's a veteran for 10 years now, you know? So we have like some good depth on this uh, defensive line. Yeah. And, and that, and that's it. But you know, he is a veteran, but I always go back to this. He's still a first round draft pick. Yeah. Right. Like how many first round do we, sorry, how many first rounders do we have? I think it's, I think it's 10 on the defense. defense. Like, you know, so you sit there with that and you know, it's, the other thing too is like Javon Hargrave, he is more like, you know, previously played a lot of defensive end and now you put him in at the nose tackle. So he's going to be that little bit faster. Um, and he was a really interesting insight in the knowing your enemy um, show that, you know, that comes a couple of days before us. Jeffrey Benedict was talking about the fact that TJ was literally running and spiraling through the center. If they're going to do stuff like that, now look, I know that you've got the Denver Broncos, you've got Mike Munchak, you know, the guru of offensive lines. But even with the guru of offensive lines, you've got, you know, potentially the second coming of the steel curtain. And that's not an easy thing to block against. It, it really is. It really feels like that. And hopefully we can keep Bud because we've got Bud TJ, Cam Haywood, and, you know, Stefan Two is doing his thing. And if these guys have breakout individual performances, fantastic. But we want to see, you know, lock in a bit of trouble and try and force the pass. Uh, and you, you even mentioned Phil Lindsay. I think he's out. And he's a great runner too. He, he's a good inside runner. He runs really quick up the middle and, and he's a hard to tackle. So I'm not even sure who the guy is behind him, but it doesn't matter. We've got our front seven. We're good. Let's go. You are pumped, mate. You are absolutely pumped. And I actually got to say, in fairness, I, uh, I've been playing Madden 21 with Philip Lindsay as my running back, and I recently broke the, uh, the season <laughs> rushing record with him and um, with Mick Farland backing him up. But, um, yeah, he's a bit of value there for those people in, uh, those people playing Madden, Madden 21. But, look, that's, that's really what we, we can expect in terms of the, the defensive perspective there from the Steelers. But how about offense? Who's, who's going to – we talked a lot already about, like, what we saw last week from the wide receiving core, the spreading of that. We talked about some really nice rushing from Benny Snell. Um, who's the difference maker this week on the offensive side of the football? It really depends which direction you want to go. Um, you know, hopefully they can you – know, like I said, you spread the ball around, but each week you want to try and test things. So down the on the track during the playoffs, we, have, we know what works and what doesn't. So maybe this week they bring in Ebron. Maybe they help him out. You know, they feed him the ball more. They get him in, involved in red zone opportunities. Um, you know, get him into the mix. Because if you keep feeding one player all year, you're not testing out who else might work in that scenario. So give him a few targets and, and he's a big fella. Uh, if he can control the middle linebackers and, and get them to buy it, maybe send, you know, Juju on a slant or something. Like, there's just, there's too many options. Like, I just, I just don't know if Ben can stay healthy in this line. You know, the line's a bit banged up, but Ben can stay healthy. He's, he's going to pick his poison, and should be first down at the first down, and then you know, uh, a fullback touchdown. Who knows? Well, <laughs> like, I know you're excited about this offense too. Like, do you have a standout player, or do you, well, anyone besides Big Ben? Or so. There's the <laughs> there's the super fan in me, and then there's the realist in me as well. So the realist is you want to see stuff out of James Connor. Derek Watt's gonna to have to have a big game, and you might see a bit more because they used him in the back half of last week's game, right? So that's the realist in me goes. That's probably not. But the, per- the 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 linchpin that I think might come through here 
is if Kevin Dotson starts the game, and you know how I'm quite high on Kevin Dotson as well. I mean, fourth round draft pick, that, you know, they don't always work out, but they often, they often do work out. Lifelong Steelers fan. He's a big man. I mean, he's a big boy. He's 321 pounds. You know, he's six foot four in their system, you know, 193 centimeters over for us, which is just, you know, unfathomable. He's a mountain man. Obviously had a bit of an interrupted training camp and, and preseason, but what he can, the way he pushes off as well, I feel like that's going to open some gaps. And I feel like, you know, there's been some discussion over some of the other BTSC podcasts the last couple of last sort of week or so around is this where they're trying to transition the offensive line now that they don't have a lav bell type running back and they've got more of a snell and a more downhill runner um, than someone that sort of sits there, lingers and waits for the gap to go. So for me, it's Kevin Dotson because they've, they've become quite clear that they're going to leave Filer at guard right now. I'm a little bit of a fan of moving him back to tackle for Chooks, even if Wisniewski's in. Like, I'm that much of a fan of Dotson. I'd like to see them play Dotson. But assuming Wisniewski's out and Dotson has to start, um, and also with a peck, if Wisniewski starts, I mean, for me, I've, I've seen enough peck injuries to know that this could be very much a 50-50 here. Um, you know, you could very much get injured in that game. But yeah, I would like to see, if he gets in there, Kevin Dotson is going to be that linchpin. And because we haven't seen a, that good a, you know, pouncy this this season we certainly didn't see it last season and if Dotson starts facing a lot of pressure Pouncey in my mind is only going to get worse through the game do you know what though it's a good opportunity for Dotson to imagine starting for Big Ben the the fellow you cheered for growing up watching the Steelers but also you've got Big Ben behind center it's not going to be Rudolph it's not going to be Duck it won't be uh Josh Jobs it's someone who's a veteran uh for the quarterback so for him it's going to give him a lot of confidence you know, and, and want to make sure that he can protect Big Ben. You know, if it was somebody else, like a rookie, and you've got a rookie uh, you know, piece of the puzzle, it might be harder. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and you're talking about pocket presence there as well. And and with Dotson, you've got someone like, you hit the nail on the head there, Mark. Literally, he, he was quoted in the media as saying in the last couple of days, I grew up wanting to protect Big Ben. That's literally what I wanted, what I wanted to do. Yeah. So... You can only imagine first home game, Heinz Field, his first game at home, you know, but, you know, a rookie second week, uh, you know, he had that start last week where I think he played, I think he played six snaps and then he played one special team snap. Um, but yeah, that, that that's absolutely going to be massive for him. And, and as you say, the pocket presence will no doubt help. What it may mean, if you do see Dots in the lineup and Wisniewski's, not, Wisniewski's out or he's not starting, I do think you'll see a lot of um, tight end sets where they're, where they're blocking. But then again, you look at the tight ends we've got, how many of them are, blo- are, you know, are, are top blockers. And that's another thing where we might, as I said, the, the conservative or the realist in me sits there and goes, it's, this is the sort of game you'd expect Derek Watt to shine because of the fragility potentially on that offensive line yeah. that we've got. Or even Vance, uh, the, the Vanimal, he might come in too to help Dotson out on certain protections. You know, he's he hasn't been used in the in the passing game, or maybe not just yet. But he he's a good blocker and he wants to wreck heads, so he could help us out. Yeah, and and look, worst case, I think you see a much bigger shift to the shotgun as well. You know, when we know Ben doesn't but doesn't mind throwing out of that. So, mm-hmm. um, but I will actually <laughs> that brings me to a point from last week. 
gosh, there was a couple of times last week where I'm like, geez, if you threw a play action pass right now, you'd absolutely yeah. gain them for yardage. We know Big Ben doesn't like it, but there are a couple of moments last week after some Big Benny Snell runs, and I was like, please, like just one play action, please. When's when's the last time he's done a play action? Was it 06? Like, oh mate, I don't, uh, I, I don't know. I know he doesn't like having his back to the defense, but like honestly, like especially after Ebron had caught that ball that Ebron caught, like he. I think, yeah, he caught that. Yeah, because Ebron only had one catch of the day. And it was like an 18-yarder, and he'd come right across field and completely outrun. Yeah. I don't know who it was, the, 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 defensive, the defensive player on him. But he completely outran him. And then a couple of plays later, I think it was Benny Snow went right up the middle. And I was just like, play action, please. <laughs> play action, please. But look, talked a little bit about there about the Steelers. Is there, who's going to be the difference maker on the Broncos? I mean, you know, who's, who's going to be that player that, takes it to Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be, a, you know, a record from last week. It's, it's all up to the quarterback. I think the quarterback and the receiver duo. So you had Danny Dimes last week and, you know, Sterling Shepard and some of the receivers. But maybe, like, I'm thinking for the Broncos, if they can get things going, maybe rookie Jerry Judy. You know, maybe he'll surprise our cornerbacks. And um, to, to get our defense scared, I think, Matt, is if, if you start moving the sticks and um, completing first downs and passes, you know, we've always had that mentality of bend, don't break. But what if you bend too much and you eventually break and get a touchdown or two? And then you're up by 14. So using Jerry Judy, feeding him the ball, keeping Drew Locke upright um, is going to help help that defense, us, uh, sorry, that offense. But coming back to that, if on the um, defensive side, TJ, Cam, uh, Bud Dupree, they're going to want to, they're not going to lay it down. They're going to want to, you know, hammer that guy and get in his face. So it's going to be an interesting matchup between like how, what Drew Locke can do, um, second year quarterback, um, you know, and if, if he can feed it well enough to, to Judy and get the big plays, that's going to give that Broncos a, a big boost of confidence. Yeah. And, and, you know, coming out of college, Judy, you know, was known for his hands. And last week, he only caught half of, half of his targets. And, you know, he had four catches. He had a fumble. Um, but he did, he did go for 56 yards. So, and he still didn't, and he didn't obviously, he didn't get a touchdown either. So, he'll be hungry going into this week, well, this week's game. So, I agree with you, Mark. That's um, definitely expect Judy to, you know, to have a big one and try and bounce back. But if he doesn't, um, he's going to be starting his, you know, his NFL career a little bit, a little bit slow there. I'm going to go a little bit on the flip side to where you're sitting and I'm going to look at the defense. Um, so for me, the way, look, I think Bradley Chubb is due for a, a potentially quite a big game, but for me, it comes down to the free safety, Justin Simmons. I, I'm really hopeful about, well, not hopeful. I'm hopeful that the Steelers can <laughs> offense can nullify him, but, but I'm really concerned or, or wary about, about, Justin Simmons, because if you look at the way his stats are piled up the last few years, so he's he's entering his fifth season in the league, and last year he had a career high in terms of interceptions. He had a career high in pass deflections. You know, he, he played some really, really good defense. And last week, he didn't do a lot. He had, you know, six tackles. Didn't get anywhere near the quarterback, which is the free stage you wouldn't expect. No pass deflections, no interceptions, you know, no fumble receptions, 
you know, he didn't, he didn't do a lot. So I would expect him to bounce back this week. And when you look at the way that the Giants defended the Steelers deep runners last week, they left a little bit exposed when it came to the safety position with, with, in terms of who they have in that. And that secondary was just completely pieced together off nothing, different team. But I'm interested to see in a team like the Broncos with it, with, and like at five seasons, you might call him a veteran, but he's been pretty productive. So I'm, and you know, and he's 27 now. He's hitting that peak period where you get secondary guys who yeah. are still quite young and fast, but have the experience there to, there to play. So I think Justin Simmons could be the difference maker. Um, and I, that's why I'm a little bit wary. I think we might see an interception on, from Big Ben. Well, it might happen because like you said, if Chubb gets involved, and it's like the opposite here, so Chubb gets involved now, weakest link this this week is the offensive line. So if their defensive line can get on Big Ben's toes, and maybe if Big Ben isn't back, then your fella, uh, Simmons, might have a, a long ball and, and an interception. So, you know, if you look on that side, the uh, Broncos defense has a chance to, to rattle us too. We can't be all, you know, full guns blazing. 100%. However... The, that being said, I'm very hopeful that Claypool or Ebron steamroll him down the middle of the field from a deep yeah, pass. We're, we're Steelers fans. We're <laughs> yeah. not Broncos fans. We're Steelers fans. But it's so it's very it's very very interesting point what you brought up. So you've got you got Chubb to push that um, new offensive line with Dobbs and all those blokes there, and then what happens then? You've got Big Ben with his big arm. Oh, I can throw it seventy yards. Nope, it goes thirty yards, and then Simmons picks it off. So very very cool perspective. Yeah, and, and thank you. Thank you, Mark. And I think the other thing too is Minka had like a fantastic statistical year last year, but whilst Simmons doesn't have necessarily the impact that what Minka did last year, and I, I think Minka's due for a bounce back this week and he needs to because I think we don't want him to start getting the demons in his head, but there's particular games that, that the Broncos have played over the last couple of seasons, but particularly last year, where he had some of that impact on a game. He didn't necessarily have the, the force fumbles or the fumble reception, but the way he shut down that backfield, you know, was, was you know, um, deep, it's not backfield, but deep down the field. So, and that secondary. So, yeah, really, really interesting to see how the Steelers counter um, Justin Simmons this week. So, as we always do each week, we give listeners a bit of an insight into into our Aussie culture and our Aussie vernacular and voc- or vocabulary, depending on what word you want to use. And in our segment, Sling in the Slang. So, Mark, what is the Aussie word for this week that you'd like listeners to potentially start throwing around the house? You know what? I think I'm fresh out. I think I've none left. Really? No, I'm only joking. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> There's, there's too many, and even that's one too. Yeah, I can. Uh, this week, I've got one for you guys, and it's me personally. Like I said to all you guys, I'm pretty like, we're on the coast, we're bogan, uh, and I put it on because it's a bit of fun. But uh, my word of the week is, uh, this one's fun. Like, honestly, God, uh, everyone say this whenever this happens, okay? My word of the week, man, is holy dooly. You ever heard holy that? Holy dooly. No, not, not holy, holy dooly, like holy dooly. You know, have you, have you heard that? I have heard that. I've heard holy yeah. demon. Holy oh, demon. Geez. And geez. I've heard so holy mackerel as well. Holy mackerel, exactly. I used that today in the Slack, in the Slack chat. Now, the reason why I bring that up, the hooly dooly, is that when I used to be a bartender uh, like four years ago for like five years, I would say that when something would have come up like a, like a swear word or an F-bomb, 
And that's the nice way to say an F-bomb. Like, if you get really frustrated, and you're like, holy dooly, like, you're just like, you know, I, I can't say the word on, on air, you know, millions of people are listening. So, but I think you get my point, like, holy dooly. So, uh, if Drew Lock comes out and slings out four touchdowns, you know, uh, some unknown running back runs in three, please use that word. I will use it. I'll post it on my Twitter that has four followers. Let's, that's the word of the week. What do you reckon? Yeah, so my word, listeners might have heard this one before because I have heard it, you know, when I've traveled through the States, um, you know, from and, and not from tourists. But my word of the week is dead set. So we use dead set like 100% true, uh, without a doubt, you know, so you might say that um, Jerome Bettis is a dead set legend, you know, or, you know, TJ Watt is a dead set difference maker, you know, so I love it. So dead set is my word of the week. Um, You know, that is the word that you, you don't throw dead set around lightly, you know, dead set is something you firmly believe in you know, courage of your convictions when you're saying a word, dead set, dead set. Dead set. That's, that's, I didn't even think about that one. That's an awesome one. Dead set. Like that, that, this comes out, it comes out of nowhere when you even, I, I can't even put an example to it. That's my, where my Australian brand, brand is going. Yeah. So that's, uh, so good luck out there to all the listeners in throwing around a <laughs> holy dooly and uh, dead set, dead set. Oh gosh. What have we done? Now, last week, um, we introduced you to a little bit of Aussie slang around the word punt and the fact that punt means a lot more than just a kick. You know, it can mean a a ferry barge that you can put your car on to take it across a river or it can mean a bet or or a gamble, a, a bold prediction. So we use it quite frequently down under. We know that a lot of the states in the US now, um, over there, wherever you might be listening, but particularly in the US, you know, now open to sports betting. We've, we've, we've had it amongst all the states here in Australia. We're not going to come and give you, you know, betting odds, what have you. But what we are going to do is Mark and I, as we, as we started last week to go into the season, basically each week we're going to give our bold punt or prediction of the week. Now, we're going to tally them up through the season and there will be a little prize for the, for the, for the person that gets it, that gets the most. Um, and we'll share a bit more about that as the banter builds. But, We'll look back at last week. Mark and I, <laughs> Mark and I are both a big fat donut, egg, zero, naught, nothing. Mark, what did you tip last week? So I tipped uh, TJ Watt with three uh, sacks and a, and a promised forced fumble. He almost got it, but it would have counted as a touchdown. So thank, thank goodness. Um, but yeah, we both got duck eggs. We didn't get anything. I got a, like, does mine convert into a, an exception into greater than, than sacks, but I'm still wrong. You know, I didn't get anything, anything right. No, it doesn't. You can't, you can't manipulate numbers. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, Fair enough. But I got a fat duck egg too. I went conservative with the Joe Hayden interception and I didn't get, I didn't get that. I went also, I said, I think three pass deflections. I think you might've got one. Um, but yeah, so big duck egg for me as well. So it's, it's, it's week two. Mark, who's your punt of the week? So I guess, cause you know, we're both uh, zero and one, but like, I'm going to try and make these fun. Like these, these are outlandish things. I'd like to see uh, Derek Watt get a touchdown. 
Now, I'm going to give myself a bit of help, though. I know, right? <laughs> I can see your reaction. The listeners can't, but I... He's gobsmacked. Uh, Derek Watt to, like, you know, fullback run, uh, three yards out, right through the guts. They part, part, part the seas, touchdown. Or, like, I, I think he's allowed to have a reception as well. Maybe he can be receiving touchdown, um, you know, wheel route and, and see if he can get in the end zone there. So, that's, that's not as... It's not as hard as his brother. So this week we'll go with Derek Watt and see what he can do, but it's not as hard as his brother. I was too fired up. I was too fired up last week. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Now, in true betting or gambling form, for all those out there that like a bit of horse racing, um, I think it might be called the ponies, actually. I am My punt of the week is going to be a trifecta. So I'm going to tip three things to happen three different players, and we'll see if they all come up. So my punt of the week is Devin Bush to get a forced fumble or an interception. Vince Williams gets a sack. So he builds on last week and gets another sack. And Alex Highsmith gets a tackle for a loss. Okay, let me stop you there. Let's, let's, if that's going to be your punt, that's almost three and one. Let's give you, if that happens, let's give you two points. Would you, I will give you two points because that, that's crazy. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll, uh, I'll take that. I'll take that for the trifecta. Yeah, if that happens, we're on zero and one. We'll give you two points if that happens. Done. Deal. Virtual shake. So look, that's, uh, that's most of what we wanted to cover on today's show. Um, but there was one little one that I'd sort of saved. Now, Mark's made a bunch of predictions in, in this week's show. Those of us, those that are listeners out there who've been listening since our first show, Mark's made a few different predictions this season, which seem to have been the kiss of death for a few players. Jordan Berry, Ryan Switzer. Skipper. Skipper. Zach Banner last week. So, but going into this week, you've heard all the predictions in this week's show. And please cross all your fingers, all your toes, touch all the wood, you know, hang the garlic out to ward off the vampires, whatever you've got to do that's superstitious, put your left sock on first. I don't care. Just keep it crossed that none of his predictions get injured, please. You are right. I did, I did tip, I rated the banner pretty highly, didn't I, last week? You did. So, you know what? Don't feed the, the rock to what, you know, we need him. I didn't. I didn't know that happened, but you know. Yeah, I've been keeping a little tally here, Mark. I've been keeping a little tally. All right. But look, with that, listeners, thank you for joining Steelers Touchdown Under. Um, heading into week two, it's going to be a massive game for us. You know, we'll be watching fourteen hours into the future at three a.m. on on Monday morning for us. So we're going to have to back it up and go get through work that day. But um, but look. Have a fantastic weekend wherever you're listening. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the game. Go Steelers. You'll be right.